Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome back to Just The Sip. I know these last few weeks have been good and they've been juicy, but today is a different sip because I have someone who I don't know much about, but I know I want to know everything about this person. This woman is an unbelievable activist. She's an unbelievable actress. She is a songstress. She is going to change the world. You may know her as Lulu from Pose, but to me, she's just Haley. Please welcome Haley Sahar. The category is actress, activist, realness, honey. <laughs> I am so happy. I'm so happy to be here. Whoever doesn't watch Pose out there, this is one of the best shows on TV. And we're about to start talking in the box. But I decided not to research too much because I wanted to hear about your story in your own words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes in our community, the L's and the G's don't get along. The T's and the G's don't really understand each other. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that we that go unsaid in this community. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm sitting here as a G, okay. wanting to get to know you, okay. the T, and I just, I'm so, it's divine intervention. Mm. We ran into each other randomly at we a party. We did. Yes, we did. And yes. then we met each other on that private jet. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And I was like, okay, we got, this is a sign from God that we need to Very talk true. and sit here because, first of all, you're from LA. Yes, I am. We kind of grew up in the same way that my mother and family, my grandmother was in the church. My grandfather growing up was a pastor. My dad now is a pastor. So I grew up with this, how do I say, this level of perfection, if you will, yes. where I had to be structured a certain way. I had to sit up straight. I had to always keep in mind that we are the first uh, family of the church and everyone's looking to us as the example. So I had that at a very young age and not as a bad thing because it gave me structure, but it also some pressure. It gave me a lot of pressure and it also limited my um, vision to the world. And in, in, if you will, I was very sheltered uh, growing up. Yeah. And if you step out and do something worldly or wrong, it looks it's a reflection on your family. Exactly. So explain to me how you were able to be yourself and transition as a teenager with the pressures of the church under you. 
Well, the beautiful thing is that I have my mother to thank as far as my parents were divorced when I was about, I think, one years old. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother is the example of what I would call perfection. If yeah. there was a certain a such thing as perfection in a human, my mother lives by love and um, just embracing who you are as long as you're not hurting anyone. So I had that as an example. And as I got a little older, I started to pay attention to more of that rather than the um, structure of the church, rather than this is what you should do or you shouldn't do or you're going to hell. I started to pay attention to who God really is and God is love. Yeah. And my mother demonstrates love and so I was like huh I want to be like her I want to live like that and so with that I had more of a freedom to express myself and to be my authentic self yeah and, uh, it's thanks to my mom my mommy your mommy <laughs> I love that and my mom was very um loving as well mm -hmm. um I realized I was different at five okay and for a very long time I thought I'm a woman living in a man's body because mm. I like boys okay because I was always taught that men like women and women like men, and that was yeah. all it was. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know what it meant to be gay. So mm -hmm. for a very long time, I thought I was transgendered. Mm. When did you realize that you weren't gay, that you were a woman? I remember dreaming that I was conceiving a child at a very young age. It's, it's when my brain could understand what it meant that women have children. Yeah, I remember dreaming that I was going to be a mother, and I remember waking up, and I would call for my mom and I would be crying. And I realized at that moment, I wasn't gonna be able to do one of the things that my heart wanted to do. And still to this day, I have difficulties accepting that. Um, but just everything about having nothing to do with my sexual preference, but everything to do with my comfortability. Yes. Um, knowing that if I were to be paralyzed and I couldn't be sexually active with anyone, knowing that I would still want to be who I am today, which is a woman. That is who I am. I've known as far back as my child brain can remember. I just never felt like I was in the right body, ever. Never, ever, ever. And how hard was it to make that decision to become who you truly are? It was extremely hard because you have to take into accountability. You're a teenager. A teenager, and I come from a very uh, strict Baptist family. Um, oh, you're going to make me cry, No, it's actually. okay. I have a tissue here. No, I don't want to cry, though. <laughs> I just, I've never talked about this kind of stuff, actually, because no one's ever asked me. Um, but I, I didn't want to bring shame upon my family, and I didn't want to be condemned. I knew that I was a good person, and so that was very challenging for me. And I actually ran away when I was a teenager and um, put my mom through so much. But I was trying to find myself, and I was trying to get away from that strict teaching that my father's side of my family was instilled in me. And not to not to say anything bad about them, because I love yeah. my family, but it was a lot of pressure on me. And um, my mother's voice was in my head. And my personal love for God was in my heart. And I understood who God is in a personal level. And I knew that God made me who I am. I realized one day that God loves me and God is love and love does not judge. Love is pure and love is kind. So it was those things that I had to recondition with my thinking Amen. to accept. And once I did that, I got courage to be myself. And in that process, and I'm still in that process, um, I started to own that Yeah. and what that looks like and what that means for me. And 
telling myself this is my life and I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it and I'm can, in control of it. Yeah. So that was that part of it. <laughs> That's it. That's what's Ooh, up. I dodged the tears. That is what's up. <laughs> Take me back to the first day because I want to know, you know, you're a teenager and you walk into this ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. Take me back to those emotions, what you were feeling, and the one thing that you remember the most that you will never forget. Okay. So my first time at a ball, I didn't know what to do. My first time, actually, I walked. They wanted me to walk realness. And realness, I think the terminology realness has been taken kind of weird these days. But the, the realness, realness means you can pass as a cisgender woman. So that is the terminology for realness. So when I first joined the scene, I was walking realness. So before any transitioning, just dressing up, um, I was walking realness. And it was my first time at a ball. I didn't know what to do. They said, girl, just go sell it. I'm like, sell what? I don't have anything to sell. Like, I thought they meant selling something. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you going to hand me? What am I selling? Shampoo bottles? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, they're like, sell the face that the Lord gave you. So when I walked down, what I remember is I was so dramatic. Oh, my gosh. I got to the end and I'm like all in people's face and I'm doing all this. And it's like, you know, realness is the most subtle thing. It's like, hey, I'm just real and I'm here and I'm look at me. That's what realness is. But I didn't know that. So I was like doing all this to the judges. And it was crazy. (laughs) It was crazy. But I won. I won. But I remember doing too much, not knowing what to do. And also, even when I won, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what does this mean? I don't know what this is. And what is a father? What's a mother? What's a, what is that? You had to learn all this I didn't know any of the terminology, none of it. So I remember that. And uh, I just thought everyone was so grown. And I was like, I felt guilty because I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, they were serving alcohol over there and I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. I just felt like a little kid. And I was like, what what is, all these people are so grown. And I saw these beautiful women and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I was really quiet though. I was a very, very quiet person. The first time I ever went to a ball, um, to a ball, the only thing I remember, because I got lit as hell, was that I wanted the MC to MC my wedding. (laughs) <laughs> like when I come in from my reception, yeah. I want somebody to be like, well, we're gonna get, get, yeah. get. and I'm like, get, get, I, get, we get, are get, all going to serve something. I don't care if you serve and I can't walk in my heels for realness, <laughs> but you're going to serve something. The energy in the ballroom scene it's is amazing. like none it's other. So that when that beat drops, look, I love 808. So when that beat just drops and that commentator gets a, I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> like it just, it does something to you. It, it really does. When I saw Paris is Burning for the mm-hmm. first time, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like there is someone out there who is watching this, who is loving every moment of this movie and is mm-hmm. feeling something for this. Yeah. Like I felt when I watched Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> mine is a death and mine is all the crazy <laughs> that was going on. But like for me, that was like, I want to find that kind of love. Yeah. What was it like? What was that movie for you? Paris is Burning was a window into my reality. It was the first time that I saw women who were so stunning and classy and it just connected dots for me. That's what it was for me. When I saw Octavia, she connected so many dots for me. I was like, that's who I always felt that I was. And I see someone actually doing that and living that and it's possible. And like I said, I didn't know the terminology because a lot of these terminologies are new. Yes. So I didn't know the terminology. I just knew that I'm a woman 
and that's what I'm supposed to be. But seeing Octavia specifically, she really inspired me because I saw her to be a classy woman. I saw her to be a stunning woman and I was just mind blown. So it was a window for me. It's seeping into pop culture. Oh, Even yes. before the pose moment, it was starting to trickle. But now the floodgates have opened. What's it mean for you to have your community? Because I know what it means when I hear, you know, these white dudes talk about gay things, like say queen yeah. and, you know, yas. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it feels good to me mm -hmm. that people are saying it and responding to our culture. Well, you know what? It's always been there, but I think people are now aware that it's coming from the ballroom scene. Because even Beyonce saying snap for the kids. Snapping for the kids is snapping for the kids because they just did their thing. So it's always been there. Madonna with Vogue. Like, it's always been in the industry. Just people have been unaware that it came from the ballroom scene. Okay, so and I think that's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it also kind of, um, it kind of infuriates me a tiny bit mm. because it's like you know you hear about these celebrities who are going to trademark this and they're going to do this and they're going to put this in this song, yet they don't give credit where credit is due. Mm. Does it ever piss you off that people jock your stuff but don't give the credit where credit's due? It has in the past, yes. Um, I try not to harvest that energy, but I know what you mean, because it has in the past. In the past, just little things are, are, if you're inspired by something, I think it's it's only right or fair to say, you know, hey, I was inspired by this, or just to give credit, especially if there's a marginalized group that you know is being um, harassed or hurt, to almost bring awareness that these people are brilliant, I actually got this from them, or this came from here. I, I think it's beautiful, because it only uplifts that community more. Um, not to single anyone out, no, to single but, no, no. but overall, I do. I have felt that way before in the past, yes. Ballroom culture, there are houses, mm -hmm. and houses are made up of mothers who take kids in, yes. and they train them, they teach them, they raise them to be well-rounded individuals mm -hmm. within the ballroom community. and. You became a mother at a very unlikely age. I did. I became a mother at the age of, I think it was 18 years old. And um, I was the youngest mother that I've known of in L.A. I was from the L.A. chapter. And um, usually the mother is the, usually she's the the one that wins the trophies or the wisest one or the one that has a more of a solid, you know, head. Yeah. My personal father was the father of the house that I was a part of, which was Rodeo at the time. And uh, he asked me to be the mother. And I think it was the way that I carried myself. I didn't really carry myself like the rest of the house members. I was yeah. always, people Wise. have always called me an old soul. Yeah. So I think that it was a little bit of that. And um, yeah, people didn't listen to me really because I was the youngest. I was younger than them. So they oh, didn't really, no. <laughs> they were like, I'm not listening to you. What so you, you got pushed back throughout the ball scene. A little, I, I did. I did a little bit. Um, but it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience for me. What did the ballroom scene teach you? Because it seems like on Pose, there's so many lessons to be learned. And I'm yeah. just wondering if art is imitating life. Yes, of course. The ballroom scene was like, I heard someone say this. I believe it was Sanaya Ebony said this. She gave the example of a sandwich, right? So my life was already this sandwich. It had the meat, the, the lettuce and tomatoes and the bread but it didn't have the mustard and mayonnaise, which is making it go down a little smoother. Yeah. The ballroom scene gave me my mustard and mayonnaise. It shaped what was already there and it just polished it more. Yeah. Um, by giving me the courage to take that extra step to really hone in on who I am and going forward with, you know, my yeah. journey. 
but this white dude mm -hmm. comes to you mm -hmm. and he says, hi, I'm Ryan Murphy and I'm going to do pose about a community that you know and you love. And here's my friend Brad Falchak, us two white guys, we're going to do this show mm -hmm. and we're going to, to make it the best. Mm -hmm. Were you hesitant at all to do a show about something that you loved so much? I'm a person that believes things do not happen by chance. That is what is supposed to happen. That yes. is your fate. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't hesitant at all. When I think of everything full circle, when I think about those little dreams I had, when I think about the rough journey I had through family, through running away, through school, through everything, and I come full circle to now, and I'm here now, this is what I was being prepared for. I have a petition out to get Janet Mock removed from TV because she makes me cry Aww. every single week and I try to watch this with friends <laughs> and I can't because I can't get through the episodes because they hit so close to home. What was it like to film the scenes with losing Angelica Ross, your your housemate on the show, and seeing, you know, Billy Porter in a hospital room? W were those moments so hard to go through because you had to live through them in real life? They were some of the most challenging things that I've had to do on camera. When I ran away from home, I ran away and I moved in with my best friend at the time. And I was like, I'm not gonna tell my mom where I am. It was my best friend that I found the ballroom scene with. It was my best friend that I discovered what a house was. It was also my best friend that I lost prior to shooting episode four when I lost Candy. So those emotions were so raw and so real and it was very challenging for me because I know that in, in that process of filming that we also lost one of our trans sisters at the time while filming. So I have all these realities on, my, on the table and I still have to be present and do my job and, and tell the story. Even in the tragedy of losing my best friend in real life, I was able to spin that and tell a story that could hopefully shape the world and help the world to stop killing trans people. And so something beautiful came out of that as well. But it was very difficult for me to film those scenes. Um, my friend also uh, had HIV. So the scenes with Billy and um, Blanca, those things are very real for me. Yeah. I have loved ones that have gone on into wherever we go from this, uh, people that are still living with it that I know. So all of this is real for me. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. As a gay black man, I kind of walk around with my head and my eyes peeled because you never know what could happen. Yeah. But you brought up a very good point is that there's so many trans women out there that get murdered on a weekly basis and no one is talking about it. At all. I mean, you must be fearful for your life. Let me take the word fearful away. Yeah, because you know what? I give, we get fear too much. We do. Too play. much power. And yeah. fear has no power here. And it's not about being fearful. Yes. It's being cognizant and being exactly. aware of some And being, um, being aware. It's exactly. being aware. So I am aware 
of the numbers of trans women and trans men, who I don't think get talked about enough, trans women and trans men um, that are in positions of murders and um, harm, I'm aware of that. But that just makes me want to be more present. It makes me want to do more interviews and, you know, make my platform that much more powerful to get the message out there, to stop yeah. killing trans people, to stop harming trans people. These these are someone's children. These are someone's children. Yeah. Someone's sister or brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and God forbid if your child grew up one day and they decided, hey, you know what? I want to come to you and I, I realize I'm not in the right body. It would bring you devastation if someone were to take your child from you. 100%. That is someone's child. Stop killing people. You don't have the right to take a life no. at all. I say this in all of my interviews, and I probably will forever, because I think it's beautiful. I try to bring things down to the most simplified form. Mm -hmm. One thing that my grandfather said, the late, great Reverend Pastor Weaver. You got to speak on it, Dr. <laughs> Weaver. You got to speak on it, Dr. Weaver. He always said that God's word is so powerful, yet so simple that the dumbest man can understand. So in that, I take the simplified message in that and I make everything simple. Mm -hmm. We were all children at one point in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. As a child, you did not see color. You did not see sexism. You did not see race. You saw nothing. You saw your friends. You saw someone you wanted to enjoy and play with. So the natural state of who you are is a loving being. Would yeah, you agree? I agree. Okay. So somewhere along the way, we're taught to hate. We're taught to put people in a box to say, you're different. You belong here. That's not a natural state of who you are. Yeah. So we have to remember who we authentically are. And that is by remembering the child of you as a child. Yeah. And we forget that. So I think if we bring things back to a simplified form and stop all of this nonsense and just realize, you know what? We're not going to be here forever. So while we're here, can we just have fun and just enjoy each other, enjoy life? Because you have a day and so do I and so does everyone. So before the day comes, can we just have fun? Can like, we get this bitch a talk simple. show? <laughs> but that just comes from being self-aware. I think it's good to check yourself. No, it is good to check yourself. My shock in all of this is I know growing up in the church, and I go back to the church because that was a big part of your life, mm -hmm. how long it took me to not be angry yeah. about the fact that you know, you condemn me for being who I was, even though I know for a fact I was born this way. And I know that I know for a fact I was born this way for a reason. I'm just so inspired that you still have so much faith. That's because I know God for myself and not because someone told me. And my definition of God is love. And when I look up what love is, love is pure. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it's easy to forgive and it's easy to, you know, not harvest that energy of of hate or things like that um but it's something where you have to like i said do some self-checking yeah and decide i don't want to be like that yeah i don't want to be angry i have every right to be angry oh i'd be, be rihanna bitter, i'd be rihanna to be... just t torching shit <laughs> talking about you know i'm kicking <laughs> no it's okay to kick some glass here and there it's okay to do that I, I, but i'm choosing to live in love and that's challenging to do. Yeah. But I know that someone has to do it. That's why I look up to people like Martin Luther King and Gandhi. That's why I look up to people like that, because they shape the world. They shape the way that you see things and the way that you react to things. Mm -hmm. And I want to be like that. I got high the other night. Sorry, it's legal in California. <laughs> 
And I was thinking to myself, because my internet TV wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Hate you, Time Warner. <laughs> and I got high. And I it dawned on me, because you said MLK, it dawned on me that Martin Luther King got a million black people together without social media, mm-hmm. without email, without call waiting, mm-hmm. without motherfucking AIM. Right. The power of one person's voice and one person's journey. And that man never, never gave up. I think we forget how powerful these people are. Same thing with Gandhi. There wasn't a motherfucking retweet. Like nobody was retweeting. Meet yeah. us at Washington DC. Yeah. We gonna march on this motherfucker. Like you know what I mean? Like it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, one of the first times I ever watched Pose, I had to Google. Okay. Because it was like, oh, this, all these trans actresses, and I'm like. I'm having a hard time with some of them because okay. I don't think they're really trans. I had to like. <laughs> you don't think they're what? They're really trans. Okay. I had to Google mm-hmm. to make sure you were trans. I was like, is she jumping on a bandwagon that she ain't got the <laughs> wheels for? Like it was just it. I just you were passing. Okay. And for me, I thought, oh, I wonder why? Because a lot of men who are gay who don't want to be out. Mm-hmm. In, in entertainment, just live their life as straight men. Mm-hmm. Why was it important for you to reveal who you were? I love this question, by the way, before I answer, because this was a pivotal moment for me in my life. And were you trying to pass for a while? I wasn't trying to do anything. I'm just living my life. And if someone thinks I look a certain way, that's that's their opinion. Um, why was it important for me? I was living a stealth life and I wasn't open about who I was. And I was just blending on into the world. But in that, I'm not helping anyone. I was given this position to help other people. So it's important for me to be visible, to let the world know trans looks like so many things. And I was living in this world for quite a while without someone necessarily knowing. Yeah. But it's important for me to, for you to know because I want you to see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a threat to your child or to, to a person. Like, I'm a human being. I'm a woman. I'm a young lady. Matter of fact, I carry myself with class. Yeah, oh, yes, you, you do, honey, on that so, private jet. <laughs> Did anyone sit you down and say, okay, we're going to ride with you, but these are the ramifications? Because I think a lot of times agents and managers, they like to protect the money. They look mm-hmm. at it from a business point of view. Was anybody trying to discourage you from being your authentic self? You know, for a very long time, I didn't have representation. I thought... I need to be honest with everyone that's going to hire me because it's their right to know. And so that was the first time that I started to tell people like my experience of being of trans experience and that didn't go over too well. I would literally sit down with agencies and they'd be ready to sign me. They would look at my reel and they would say, you know, we love your talent. We want to sign you. And once I would sit down, I would say, you know, before you sign me, I want to tell you I'm a trans woman. I just want to be honest and upfront. And it literally changed from a respectful meeting to either people wanting to go to bed with me to get that position or thinking that I am a liability and they don't want to sign me. So no one necessarily told me or discouraged me not to do something. It was more so hard for me to actually get a team behind yeah. me to support me um, by being open. Now, when yes. I wasn't open, everyone was all for it. You know, I've done music videos. Everything was fine. Oh, because I, I know how they fetishize yeah. black men. Yeah. I could only imagine how they fetishize women of trans experience. Yes. It must be hard to find someone who you feel like loves you and wants to be with you for you. 
My dating world is a little interesting. I personally don't believe, I think I really haven't really put myself out there, to be honest with you. Um, for me personally, if you don't come with a certain level of respect already, like mm -hmm. if your initiation is, is something that I'm not attracted to, I don't even look your way. I'm more so focused on the work that I'm doing. And that doesn't mean I don't have time to date or to be involved with someone, but it has to be something that I feel in my heart, you know, otherwise, I don't have time for it. I'm busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I love love. And I do know that men fetishize about trans women. Um, so I know that that has its challenges as well. I've only ever loved one person. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I, I've just been focused. Yeah. Where he at? Where he at? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I really don't care. Yes, mama. <laughs> Are you happy where the trans experience is in media today? Like, are you happy with the representation? Are you fulfilled? I'm happy with where it's going, but it's not where it needs to be just yet. I equate the trans experience to segregation, if you will, mm -hmm. into that time period. Just because you have a handful of black people, black and brown people on TV, is not does not mean the fight is over. And poses one show. Orange is the New Black is one show. Transparent is one show. Those are three shows I just named. There's a whole world. And the work has only just begun. So, no, I'm not fulfilled just yet. But I am hopeful that it is going to continue and only blossom and become better and become normalized to where this won't even be the hot topic. I want people to see me and people like me normal and not it be trans this and trans that. That's, that's not who I am. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it d totally makes sense. Yeah. And by the way, when I see you on the screen, I don't think of you as a trans woman or mm -hmm. a trans actress. Mm -hmm. I think of you as an actress. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, she can act and she can <laughs> sing. Oh, this bitch got it. Oh, she got it. She got it. <laughs> That's how it should be. You are uh, on an officially Emmy nominated show. The first season of Pose. It was great. Mm -hmm. It was good. The stories were good. We were getting introduced to everybody. The drama hadn't hit. It was still the punchlines. It was the real life emotions. It was like what you had <laughs> been living. You know what yeah. I mean? And you watch the show in the second season and you're like, okay, they put their hands to the fire and they made y'all step up mm -hmm. the whole scenario. Mm -hmm. Just the storylines and the range that you guys have to get through. Yeah. And to see each and every one of you step up to and and knock it out the park mm -hmm. showed me that this wasn't just a show about people playing themselves yeah. it was a show about people telling other people's stories because yes. you believed yes. you believe that this was that character's moment how does it feel to be critically acclaimed and recognized it feels it's so beautiful it's so beautiful because i finally feel like all of the hardships, all of the trauma that I endured, it all is now for a purpose. And I feel so honored just to be recognized and appreciated for my craft, as long along with my cast members. And just all of our journeys have been, all of our journeys have been difficult, I would say, to some degree. So to be acknowledged by the world, by yeah. Hollywood, to say, we see you, we recognize you, and we're honoring you. I feel happy. I don't I don't know another word. Other this is than a happy. win for you. This is a win for me. Of course. Are you kidding me? If I sat here and told you my entire story 
you would be mind blown. I look nothing like what I've gone through. Nothing like it. So to be oh, nominated. Oh, I'm waiting for that book. <laughs> oh, it's coming. I'm waiting for that book. <laughs> it's coming. I'm telling you, when I heard Billy Porter's name, I think I forwarded a little bit because I got a little oh too my excited. God. I got just like a little ee out, but like I was, it was like you know, like you know, like when a like when a baby gets too excited, yeah. it like lets out a little like ee, and then you try to like play it off. You like clap and like you walk off like with some tears so nobody will smell it. Because um, I got so excited to see Billy Porter, who I feel like people don't give him the recognition yeah. he deserves. Because yeah. by the way, guess what? Let me try to know something. A lot of people can be on a TV show, but not a lot of people can deliver what Billy Porter does mm-hmm. on TV and on stage. Mm-hmm. People forget about the stage part. Oh, yes. No, Billy Porter was Billy Porter before Pose. Yes. So I think it's only right that he's finally getting his roses. For sure. For sure. <sighs> Listen, all of my cast members individually are so talented. There's so much talent that we haven't even seen yet from Pose. There's a lot of singers on the show. There's a everyone, there's a lot of writers on the show. There's so many talented people. So I'm just so happy that all of us are being in a position where we're actually being acknowledged for the first time. Yeah. And I pray and hope that this ignites such a flame in other people to know that it is actually possible. Because we get on interviews and we say, you know, this is for this and this is the movement and anything's possible. But it really is. It really is possible. I'm living proof of that. Yeah. When did you realize that you were a gift from God? Because I think you're a gift from God. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you said that. Thank yes, you. Yes, I'm saying I, it. I think we're all gifts from God. But I realized I realized early on that I was meant to do something that was grander than myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would have these crazy dreams and I was always I was always inspired by people like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Gandhi um, Mother Teresa I was always inspired by people like that because they were people that were born into this world and they actually shaped the world yeah and so as a young child I was really fascinated by that and I would have these amazing dreams about doing something and I didn't know what that was I couldn't identify with the terminology of what transgender was at that age. But now coming full circle, everything makes sense to me now. It makes sense why I was inspired by those people. It makes sense why I had these weird dreams. And then coming full circle, you know, into alignment with who I really am and the work that I'm doing now, it makes perfect sense. So I can't stop looking at your face. Oh. (laughs) You are beautiful. Thank you. You're absolutely gorgeous. Don't do and that. So smart Don't do that. And so funny. It's so talented. It's really hard for me to hear compliments like that. No, I'm telling you, you are every single thing. Thank and you. This season two of Pose, you guys have got to check it out because I'm telling you, the growth with this person and this character and this actress and all the actresses on there, the writing, the directing, it's all. It's all you need. It really is. It's all you need. Why, thank you, darling. When are you going to write that book? When are you going to tell that story? It's coming in the near future. I would say that. My story is not ready to be written just yet. I haven't done everything that I want to do. But when I do, it would definitely be something I think that will help the rest of the world. Not only our community, but the world. I think it will connect people in a way where you'll be able to see yourself. I don't look anything like what I've been through at all. And when you know what I've been through, you'll know exactly what I mean. So remember this interview. Because once I tell it, you'll see. 
once you tell it, once you're going to be sitting it. your ass right back okay. in this motherfucking <laughs> chair and we're going to be talking about it. Damn. Walk for me. Walk, Walk for me. me. Walk, Walk for me. And Walk serve. For me. Serve. <laughs> this sip was just too deep for me to process myself. Let me get my producer, Vanessa, in here. Vanessa! Ooh! I'm speechless. I actually am too, to be honest. I've never been more educated and inspired by a guest in my life. Yeah, she is breathtaking. Breathtaking. And the thing is, I feel like sometimes we sleep on actresses, Mm -hmm. we sleep on experiences, and we sleep on people who are going to make a difference in this world. Mm -hmm. And I hate that we, as a culture, never look at somebody and see the good that they're doing for the community today. That we have to wait until they pass away to be like, oh, she changed the world. Right. They made such a difference. They made such a difference. This woman, this cast, that writing team, Janet Mock, these people are making a difference. They're changing the conversation. They're starting the conversation. They are. And they are going to finish said conversation. Yeah. This was amazing. And you guys, you better watch this one. This is one you want to watch. You do. She has an essence that we were all talking back there. We're like, how can we describe her? And she just has this essence that like filled the room. She's that bitch. Yeah. She is that bitch. She's that bitch and Mother Teresa put together. Okay. She is. All right, you guys, don't forget, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, you need to go to the E! News YouTube channel. Click on Just a Sip and you can watch this whole interview go down. And don't forget to follow me at The Lady Sitter. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a wonderful holiday. I will see you next year. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.